Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. Episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I am your slightly removed from reality and now trying to rejoin it host, Jonathan Edwards. And with me, of course, the good things that come to my those who wait, Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing? Oh. I see what you did there in the script. (laughs) Yes, OB. How dare you? How dare you? I spelled the C word a little inappropriately. All right. Well, we're we're back, sort of, sort of. We are back. We are back. Um, let's go ahead and get this started with a big old thank you for not just our patrons over at Patreon who do help us keep the lights on, but also to all of our listeners for being patient as we work through um, some real life nonsense. Because real life nonsense is a thing that we have to deal with as adults sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's not me at all, man. I I. I just had a sick cat. I continue to have a sick cat. You, you yeah, you, you, man, damn. damn. Yeah, it's been a year, uh, 2023. Um, so to get everybody caught up without going into too much detail, um, because that's still a fresh wound. Um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, back in June, um, my family lost uh, my dad, and he uh, passed away two days after my wife's uncle uh, passed away. And then less than three weeks later, my aunt passed away. And so we've been dealing with quite a lot of loss. And because it was my dad, um, my sister and I have had to spend a disproportionate amount of time in California wrapping up his affairs. And uh, I'll actually be going back for another two weeks very soon. So please forgive us for the, the extended summer break between that and all the normal interruptions to our schedule because of kids being at camps and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been an extended break. We are not going anywhere though. We are not pod fading. We just got slapped upside the head by real life. Yeah. And it's, it's my bad. There probably won't be another episode in two weeks. Cause, uh, my kids are going to their grandparents for a week and, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy that time. Well, I, I I can guarantee you there won't be another one in two weeks because that's the when I'm going back to California. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'll be my. I think at this point I'll, I'll have spent five weeks out in California by the by the time this trip is done. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. It's okay. That's okay. Life goes on. Um, I'm trying to you know find the positives, and there have been a lot of positives about it. Um, one of the interesting things when you lose a family member um, like that is that you start going through their their things and you learn quite a bit about them that maybe you didn't know before because it's aspects of their personality that for whatever one reason or another they decided not to share and i don't know it's it's like rediscovering uh rediscovering that person you, you know Jonathan you know you and i have had discussions about this and me and Gina have started to wonder like what inappropriate things our children are going to find when they start going through our stuff and we've been a little bit more cognizant of that because your dad had some doozies. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even talking about that with that, that last sentence. That last sentence was more about just, like, getting to know the funnier parts of his personality. Like, I got to read a bunch of his uh, 
work memorandums. And I do mean memorandums because they were like typed out from the 70s. <laughs> but like, you know, you, I, I saw a piece of his uh, personality that I hadn't previously seen. But yeah. Um, hey, parents out there, know what's in those drawers. Know what's in those drawers and know that you may never know. You may not get a heads up as to when you exit this reality and that somebody's got to clean out those drawers and they're going to find the weird stuff. My my favorite, well, not my favorite, but the least inappropriate thing that you shared with me was that love poem he sent to, uh, he sent the to least. some, <laughs> <laughs> that love letter. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. It should be said that after my mother and father got a divorce back in the year 2000. Yeah, man, he went full on like hound dog. I don't know how else to put it. He was just, he was, he was working the dating scene and apparently he had a, 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 uh, love poetry <laughs> serenade email style with the ladies <laughs> and for some reason because he was in his 80s he printed it out because that's what you do apparently when you're retired and you have nothing else to do you print your emails and on that bombshell <laughs> yeah uh, uh let's turn this around uh jonathan happy national never been better day this is the day a year where you take your pets out and you plant those seeds of love and you just spread your pet's love all over the place. Uh, most of the pictures on the website about this are of dogs. So I'm assuming just licking everybody in the face because that's what dogs do to show their love. But yes, go out with your pet and spread their love to everybody who will tolerate it today on National Never Bean Better Day. You like plant the beans of love, the beans of love. But do you sow them? Well, the, the, the love is the sowing. <laughs> the birds and the bees. <laughs> Sorry. This is the third time I've had Tears for Fears get stuck in my head this week. That's never a bad thing. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. As it turns out, highly underrated band, in my, uh, in my humble opinion. You know what? You know what? Thank you. You reminded me of something we watched. Speaking of Tears for Fears. Anyway, we're going to have a, a short episode because, uh, yeah, this weekend the kids aren't going to be – well, actually, we're going to drive the kids up to their grandparents this weekend. But, yeah, I'm just not going to have as much time this weekend to edit, so I need to get it all done before we leave. Well, that's okay because I haven't even had a full opportunity to to finish prepping some stuff for review, so that, that actually works out pretty well. Cool, cool, cool. So let's get this show on the road, shall we, sir? All right, well, that means it's time for our first segment. That is our off-the-shelf segment. That is the segment where we talk about all the wonderful things that we've had off of our shelves and onto our digital and physical tables uh, so that, uh, yeah, we can share what we've been up to. Can you tell it's been a minute? And I'm, I, I'm not, I've not found my flow yet. It's coming. It's coming. Where do you want to begin, Jonathan? Where do you want to begin? Uh, let's get started with, um, well, let's just head down the list. Just head down the list. So let's start with board games. You and I have been playing more Welcome To. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally. That game continues to never get old. Yeah, yeah. I Man, I won, like, by a mile last time. I had, like, the best game I've ever had. And, and it's not like anybody else didn't have good games. Our, my score was in the high 90s. Like, mm-hmm. any any other game, that would have been a, a, a an amazing score. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but you, that, uh... But not that game. Man, you killed it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that game. <laughs> but now uh, this new game, we're, we're, we're pretty close right now, right? Yeah, but it's, it's early. Yeah. Anybody can tell. 
Uh, Brendan is in the lead with 20. Uh, I am tied with you and I are tied with 18. Yep. And then, um, 16s and 14s round out the rest. So it's still pretty early. You know, I'm not going to take my turn now. I need to think about this a little harder. (laughs) I love welcome to that game is just great. I've played it with all the kids too. The kids have really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. 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 I need to, uh, I need to bust out the analog version. I meant to take it last time we went up to the grandparents' house, but... You know, I stand by what I said. The, one of the best you, investments you can make if you buy Welcome To, the physical version, is to go buy the um, dry erase version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that is, it's, it's a minimal expense, but, um, you know, being how easy it is to knock out three or four games in an evening, if not more, like, yeah, it, it pays for itself. It do. It do. So what else have you been up to? Anything new, or is it just classics? No, quite a bit of new. Um, I have been playing a lot of Undaunted. I played uh, the original Undaunted getting warmed up for the two (laughs) Undaunted games that I bought recently. Uh, Because if it says Undaunted on the box, I'm like 932% sure I'm going to buy it. Uh, I have now in my possession Undaunted Stalingrad and Undaunted Battle of Britain, which is, of course, an air-to-air combat version of Undaunted, which has me very, very curious. I am so stoked to try that. Intriguing. And then finally, Merchants of the Dark Road, which I don't want to go into too much because that will be an upcoming deep dive. Uh, Suffice it to say, it's got really nice art, and I'm enjoying myself. How about you? Anything other than Welcome To? No. No, I I don't play board games. Although... um they're porting over the Gloomhaven video game over to PlayStation five. And I keep telling, I keep trying to remember to tell my buddy Brandon about it, but it sounds like his cup of tea because they were really playing that game pretty hard for a while. Um, shoot, what's it? There's another board game one. I can't remember the name of it now, but they were playing that pretty hard, him and his brother. And, uh, I, by all accounts, Gloomhaven is, is pretty good. So it's probably better. <laughs> that would be my guess. Well, when you when you get it, let me know. I will I will jump in on that. Yeah, unfortunately, much like everything PlayStation, it's probably not cross compatible because Sony hates us. But we all have we all have uh, but we all have the the PlayStation. Okay, I'm just just warning you if you have it on something else. But but luckily for us, this is the last of the major services or platforms or whatever that you want to call it to get this version of the game. So it's pretty uh, it's pretty stable. It's pretty. Hopefully, it'll be pretty good. Oh, yeah. No, they cut their teeth on the PC version. This should be good to go. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's about as close as I got to playing a board game is looking at a preview of a video game version of a board game and going, hmm, maybe maybe I should get that. Well, I would be down. I would be down. Um, I have been actually watching uh, my Kickstarter updates um, regularly because I have a – what do I have coming that I was excited about? Um Number one, I backed uh, Fighters of Europe, which I'm super stoked about because that looks awesome. And what was the other damn game? I had to cancel my Kickstarters because of my cat. I need the money elsewhere. Mm, I know it sucks. Makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I was backing Trinity Aegis, which is the heroic Greek RPG, which... It's fun, but I, I, I kind of realized, too, I'm, I'm probably never going to run it, so I don't really need to get it. Um, and then uh, Shadow of the Weird Wizard by Robert Schwab Games came out, or is on Kickstarter right now. And that looks fun. It's uh, If you remember Shadow of the Demon Lord, 
Um, it's his family friendly version of that without, you know, all the super crazy crit tables full of violence to bodies and hacking of parts flying off. <laughs> you know, it's just more of a standard high fantasy game. And I was like really intrigued because I am, um, I'm taking a break. Me and D&D are on a break. So, oh, well. Can't imagine why. Yeah. Although, although I am not a critter, but oh my God, the, the dagger heart, the critical role game, they had it at Gen Con and, and people have been reporting about it. And I am intrigued. I gotta say, have you heard anything about this? No, not yet. Okay. So, uh, it's, it's got some interesting stuff. It's, um, okay. So first off, I've heard that the character sheets are, are quite large, <laughs> like, uh, three pages large. But then again, the, the goal of them is everything you need to do to play is on your character sheet. You don't need to start flipping through a book. Like any actual rules that pertain to you, you just have on that sheet. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. But um, the system, instead of being D20 based, it's 2D12. And one die is your fear die. And the other die is your hope die. At least that's what they're called now. And whichever die rolls higher is what you kind of did your action as and the way that works in the rules for example is if you attack and you hit with the hope die like the hope rolls higher than the fear you your one of your allies gets to go next in combat but if you hit with the fear dice it means the initiative swaps over to the bad guys and the bad guys get to start going and uh yeah just stuff like that like you know passing skills with hope and passing skills with fear just does slightly different things and the other thing that uh, has me intrigued is every character class has access to what they are calling domains every two domains and the domains are shared across multiple classes and they didn't really explain what they were but i'm imagining for example uh like a fighter might have access to like you know a sword and board tanky domain and like a melee DPS domain. And then maybe the paladin has the access to the melee domain and like, you know, paladin-y stuff like healing and buffing. And uh, where classes have crossovers, uh, characters can work together because anytime something goes off, apparently that gives people resources, anybody with that domain gets a resource. So like figuring out combos and stuff is, is a, is a thing, which sounds fun. And I don't know. I'm intrigued. I like it. There's been some good videos. The character sheet had a pretty good video on it uh, on YouTube. It's pretty short. It's like six minutes. And it was just, the, it, it was, <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's just this guy sitting in the hall of Gen Con t- talking into his phone because he literally just got out of it and uh, just, you know, making a video out of that. It was cute. I've been checking my um, email like crazy because I did back the um, CMON version of Metal Gear Solid. Mm. And I'm just dying to play it because I love me some Emerson Matsuichi games. And then what was the other damn one? There was another one I got based on a video game. Stellaris. Stellaris is the other one. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious about that one. I I can't wait to get it, but it's been a minute since they've had an update. Yeah, I'm worried because like usually we hear stuff pretty regularly, but it's been a minute since I heard anything. Yeah, the last update was back in July. Yeah, it has been a while. Although Gen Con happened, so maybe that... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not worried about the project. They've been updating very regularly, and it's been great. Like, I think that game is coming out really nicely, so I'm excited. I'm excited. All right, all right. (sighs) All right, enough about Kickstarters. Uh, That was was board games, right? So movies and TV, is that what we're going to? 
By the way, I meant to tell you, uh, Modifius has a um, announced a Star Trek Lower Decks expansion to their Star Trek role-playing game. It's already out. It's on DriveThruRPG. There you go. <laughs> I've Just looked at it. I wanted to make sure you had heard that. Did you hear that they uh, also released a single-player uh, Star Trek RPG called The Captain's Log, which is like yes. the perfect thing ever? They had a lot of Star Trek-related announcements around the Gen Con time frame. They've been busy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, should we move to movies and TV? Yeah. So this is just like the f- five most recent things that I've watched because I, I, you know, being that there was a lot of plane trips back and forth, uh, I have watched a lot of stuff. I watched sixty-five. Oh, the one with uh, Adam Driver and the dinosaurs. Yeah, Adam yeah. Driver, dinosaurs, uh, and oddly enough, uh, Amelia wandered into the room while I was watching it, and I tried to turn it off, and she's like, "No, Daddy, don't turn it off." And she ended up watching a bunch with me, and she, turns out she loves dinosaurs. What kid doesn't love dinosaurs? Yeah, but I was afraid it was going to freak her out, but she wasn't freaked out at all. She was really into it. She's into, like, creepy stuff and monsters. Like, tonight I took the kids. um, We have a, you know, the bridge over uh, uh, those two ponds Mm -hmm. that are in the front of my neighborhood? Yeah. Uh, A colony of bats has established itself there, so I took the kids over to watch the bats launch at about uh, 8 o'clock at night, and she was into it. She also tried naming all the thousands of bats that poured out of the bat, the cave, which was hysterical. But, um, yeah, no, she totally was into it. She thinks bats are awesome. And, uh, her sister was creeped out about it and she was like, no, they are cute. And I love them. And I thought that was hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So yeah, I watched 65 with Adam driver. It is everything that the trailer said it would be. There are dinosaurs. They try and eat Adam driver. And uh, there is action. And you know what? I didn't need it to be more than that. It was fine. Just like that. It was absolutely fine. I don't know if we had started it by the last time we talked in the podcast, but uh, we, the wife and I are really excited about uh, David Tennant returning to Doctor Who. So we were thinking, oh, maybe we should get my daughter caught up on Donna so she could watch that with us because that would be fun. And so we started watching Doctor Who and my daughter became a gigantic Doctor Who fangirl nerd. I need to show that to Chloe. Uh, She would get a kick out of that. Who's streaming it, by the way? Uh, Max, for now. It might go over to Disney come November when the... Because Disney's definitely got the new stuff. Like, that, that is a lock. So... We'll see what happens. But yeah, man. Oh, my God. And like the feelings. Does that make Donna a Disney princess? Possibly. Possibly. I'm okay with this. I think this is lovely news. But oh, man. Oh, man. So like, like, Eowyn, Eowyn really likes Rose. Like, really likes Rose. Like, we didn't watch Doctor Who for four or five days after Rose left the show because she was that upset about it. And, uh, and, and then I, mean, in, I can understand that Rose was lovely. I was very sad when she left too. And then in season four, uh, you know how like every season, like Russell Davis had like the, the, the bad wolf of the season, you know, like the first season it was, you know, bad wolf, bad wolf. And then the, I forget the second season, actual factual bad wolf. Yeah. 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 And then I forget what it was the second season. Uh, but you know, like vote for Saxon. Oh, it was, uh, yeah. Martha season. It was vote for Saxon and all that. Um, yeah. So in series four, um, you know, the, the bad wolf is Rose again. Like she pops up here and there and every time Rose would pop up, she'd start crying <laughs> and, and, and just, and just, it, it was Rose. And I'm like, wow, wow. And, uh, and I learned a new word. I learned a new word. And that word gentlemen is, uh, is Riz. Do you know what the Riz is? I'm almost afraid to ask because of the internet and it never goes well when it's the internet. 
as it was explained to me, and I am unhip, so I don't know. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll look it up on the internet. Let's see how this goes. Oh, it, it, they believe it, uh, derives from the word charisma, you know, charisma, but it's, uh, you know, I hate everything, <laughs> but, uh, David, they, they said that the, you know, she was like the 10th doctor's got the Riz and I was like, what's that? I didn't understand. And the Riz is, yeah, just being kind of like charming and, and, you know, like, like flirty and charming and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. David Tennant doctor definitely has the Riz. And then we just got done with the 50th anniversary special last night. You know, David Tennant shows up for the first time in quite a while and, you know, he, he does his thing. And, and my, my daughter's like, yep, he's still got the Riz. <laughs> it was funny. And I'm like, I'm, oh. an, I'm an old man. I don't know. Anything have, you, have you heard fit? I like my fit. No, no, I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. I thought it was like, I like the way this, you know, piece of clothing fits me. No, it's, it's short for outfit. I like my outfit. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like my fit. Mm-hmm. This and, and other bastardizations of the English language brought to you by my teenage children. You know, it's kind of funny, given none of my children are teenagers yet, but and it'll be an interesting experiment when it happens. But I, I have a feeling that up here in the Pacific Northwest, we are further behind the cool curve than you guys are out in Texas, which is weird. But I don't think so, man. I see kids in mullets all the time. It's business up front, but the party in the back. What's wrong with that, buddy? What's wrong with that? Oh, it's like everything. Everything's wrong with it. Everything, Robert. All right. Uh, over to you. <laughs> over to you. Over to you. <laughs> uh, new season of Forged in Fire is uh, on uh, on Netflix, and I have been enjoying the living daylights out of it. As it turns out, watching people work metal is somehow one of the most relaxing things I can do with my day. I don't know why I love that show so much. It makes me want to buy an anvil. I'm trying to search for like a joke where I mistake the word anvil for the word Advil, but it's just not happening. But I want you to know it was there. I was looking for it for you, but it just didn't happen. Sounds like a real headache of a joke. No, no, not good enough. Let, let it happen. No. Shh. All right. Cruising right along. Yeah. Watched a bunch of the Forged in Fire. Uh, loving the new season that's out on Netflix. And uh, yeah, I, I am having a hard time not ordering an ad- anvil. <laughs> nice. nice i don't think that would go over well pretty sure that would get me a look from the wife like a not so pleasant look kind of willing to risk it at this point i'm not gonna lie so because uh because we've been watching doctor who uh it came up in discussion that me and my the wife haven't seen the eighth doctor fox tv movie since it aired oh god oh is that the one with the the eric roberts yeah yeah oh so we, we rented it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, you know, at the time, I remember it being not that bad. And watching, oh, no, it is. And watching it again, I will go with it's not that bad. It's got, like, if you know your who, it's got some, you know, continuity issues. But some? Some? Well, few. You're much too kind. Well, you know what? I, I really like Paul McGann. Like, I, I kind of feel bad for him because he was... That's not where the issues were. I know, but I, 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 I just have a hard time dogging on that movie because I think he should have gotten more opportunities to play the Doctor. And, and he was robbed because he's a good dude. I, I uh, yeah, I liked him. So, <sighs> I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad. I, I remember people saying it was horrible. I watched it again and I'm like, you know, I'm going to just ignore the ga- major gaffes in Doctor Who continuity. I'm just going to pretend those didn't happen. And uh, I'm just going to appreciate it for what it is. I like the TARDIS. The TARDIS interior was cute. 
Um, like the 90s style uh, Seventh Doctor getting gunned down in the street by, you know, an action movie mob. Like that was kind of funny. It, it, it reminded me almost of uh, of uh, Kung Fury, you know? It's like the Doctor, comes, <laughs> <laughs> he, he comes out of his TARDIS and he's like, you got a license for those guns? Yeah, it's right here. And, you know, they put the skateboard under the TARDIS and flip it in the air and blow it up with Uzis. Like it was, it was almost that level of stupid. So I, uh, you know. But it was extreme. <laughs> Because everything was extreme in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. I had a good time. I had a good time watching that. Oddly enough, I had a, my own dose of 90s um, uh, 90s culture recently. I took my uh, I took Lincoln, my youngest son, to uh, the classic video game show that was mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what the hell is good. Retro, the retro game show. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at old PlayStation games. And I started coming across. You remember those those um, ESPN sports games that were on the original PlayStation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all had X's in them because they were also extreme. Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was asking me why are they spelled like that. And I said because son, the the letter X was everybody's favorite in the nineties. Don't ask why; it just was the way it was. It's better that we don't ask those questions. Yeah, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say just anything said in the '90s, you just just ignore it. It's just just let it go. Yeah, that's uh, is, that's it was yeah. a different time. It's a different time, man. It's 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 good. It's good that it's it gone. was extreme. Yeah, yeah. Just just let it go. It's fine. It's fine. I decided to take it out because I, I don't really have anything to say about it. But I, you, Tears for Fears, it reminded me I watched Real Genius because I realized. I oh, there you go. That movie was yeah, is okay. It held up. It held up okay. Not perfectly. Not great. But all right. So there you go. My buddy was saying Starship Troopers has actually held up pretty well. Uh, so uh, I have to- if anything, after the 2016 to 2020 presidential uh, debacle, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that that movie has a whole lot more oomph than it ever did before. Yeah, yeah. He was he was saying something similar. So I may have to watch that. Yeah, that that movie not only holds up, it 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 is it is more applicable as a satire of of modern politics than than a lot of other things. I like it. All right, what back to you, buddy. Balls back in your court. Balls back in my court. I watched Day Shift. Okay. Uh the uh movie with Jamie Foxx and um the Franco brother, not James Franco, the other Franco. <laughs> Wish.com Franco. I don't know. I can't remember the kid's name. Okay. James Franco's younger brother. Looks a lot like him, but not really him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it? Um, Anyway, yeah. So it's a movie that takes place in L.A. about uh, vampire hunting, which I thought you would like. And it is kind of like got this interesting, cheesy vibe to it, but it's not like so cheesy it hurts. It's not... Hold please. It's not truck stop DVD been cheesy. Hold, Instead, pl- hold, it's, hold, it's please. cheesy fun. Hold, hold, for, pl- hold please. Hold please. Yeah. Hold please. Where's the streaming? Day shift. Is it two it's words or one word? It's on Netflix. Yeah. And it's got some great stunts in it. Some really good fight scenes too. The I, I, I came to find out that the director used to be a stunt choreographer. And so the stunts and the, the, the work with the camera is really, really well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay yep yep yeah i just went i went and looked it up on netflix to uh to, to, to uh, ah got my cords cut 
to put it on my my watch list and uh yeah yeah shotgunning the old lady into the bathroom i, I yes i was down yes that was it that's all i need to yeah. see say no more yeah. nope i'm watching that you're gonna love it you're gonna love it i ha- i loved it. it it's 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 it knows what it is it knows what it is and it doesn't pull a a uh, snakes on a plane where it tries to it tries to like be more than it is. Instead, it knows what it is, and it and it it, it like occupies the space proudly. Qu- query, query. Would it be appropriate for my eleven year old, or is it too much? How hard of an R? I'm assuming it's an R. Is it an R though? I don't know that it is. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look at it more than I. I'm gonna look real quick. <laughs> I, I mean, there was nothing. There's there's no nudity. There's some implication, but like not heavy handed. There's some limbs kind of being tossed around, but it's done almost in a, it's done in a tasteful a way. It's, it, it's done in silhouette. You know, it's very tasteful. No, 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 nothing, no, no. Nothing it's, not, it's not even that it, it, it's done in parody. So it's just kind of funny. Like it's, it's so ridiculous. It's so over the top that there's like no reality to it. You know, it's yeah. just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. That that's what you end up saying. <laughs> that's just silly. Like I can't even tell you how many times I just laughed and said that was silly. I loved it. Yeah. It's an R. Oh man. Yeah. It's an R. I don't know. I probably wouldn't have even hesitated to watch it with anybody over like 11 or 12. It's like a 12 year old R. Yeah, there's R and then there's, you know, there's R. So that's what I was trying to explain to to Carlos the other day. He he was like, well, you let me watch other rated R movies before. And I'm like, yeah, honey, because like there's lots of different kinds of R. There's 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 like alien. Which much, is much like much like Peter Venkman's clothes in Ghostbusters Two, there's not just a there's not just like clean and dirty, you know. There's many layers in between. Yeah, you know, because yeah. Basic Instinct is R, and I would not. Basic let it- Instinct is R. That was the other uh, the other thing. I said one day you'll learn about this movie called Basic Instinct, and you'll understand that R comes in many forms, and yeah. not all of them are okay for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T two was R, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it probably was. Terminator 2? Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. Yeah. That many bullets? Come on. And a lot of people got stabby stabbed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I'm going to check. That's so funny. I just watched Terminator Genesis the other day. It's still a piece of crap. Like, so bad. Is it bad good? Like, should I watch it for fun? No, it really isn't. Like, I mean, like, there's some, there's a couple scenes where I was like, oh, that's cool. But, like, it just, uh-uh. No, it, like, it just doesn't even make sense in the sense of the canon. Okay. No, it does. We can get into that if I ever watch it. It does. I mean, yeah, it does. No, it no. does. Think, it, it, think like, about it. Skynet had to happen. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to it. Where, where, where it really lost me is just like sometimes the special effects went over the top into like senseless silliness. Mm-hmm. By the way, Terminator Two definitely an R. Yeah, just checked it. Um, but like, there's like okay, there's one scene where they're they're there's a helicopter chase and it's like, that's not the way physics works. Like we all know what a helicopter does. We all know what it, how it flies. Like it doesn't do that. Okay. Okay. And I don't know, like it just wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Like I call it like, a. it's almost like those, those, those Marvel specials that you see on the, on, on uh, the Disney plus uh, the like, Tales from the other dimensions or whatever. What's it called? What if? What if? Yeah, I'll call it Terminator What If. That's what I'll call it. Terminator What If. Mm -hmm. All right, all right. I'm thinking of Dark Something. 
the newer Terminator movie. Wasn't that like... I've, oh, that one was fun. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting my Terminator films mixed up. The one from uh, uh, Tim Miller? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that one was good. I enjoyed that one. I thought that that, that one deserved to get better, uh, better love at the box office than it got. Anyway, all right. We're way off topic. Is it over to me now? I think so. I don't know. Probably. All right. I watched Nimona. It, baby. Nimona. going to you. Also on Netflix. It was okay. Oh, the kids have watched the hell out of that. They've watched that a lot. Yeah, I, I read the comic, and maybe that's the problem. Like, the comic was better and worse because the comic started out as a webcomic and it didn't actually like start going anywhere for a while, you know, cause they were just releasing daily web comics, I guess. Um, but yeah, I kind of liked the hero villain, the main character, whatever his name was, Dar- was I forget his name. I, I remember his boyfriend's name was golden loins and I'm like, Oh man, Oh man, if I ever play a, a noble in anything, that is going to be my, my noble family's name. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I, I thought that the main character in the comic was a little bit more interesting because he, he was a bad guy in it. He, he was a super villain, but he was like, he was like a super villain with a heart of gold because, you know, he was, he was fighting against the system, man. It was freaking cyberpunk. You know, he was like fighting the man. That was his like thing. And I'm like, you know, if, if you're fighting the man and you're just a normal person in society, you know, you look like a super villain fighting, you know, trying to tear down the system. So I kind of like that angle of it in the comic. And they definitely did not have that in the movie. In the movie, it was like a frame job story thing, but you know, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it was cute. I, I, I don't know. Like it, I said, it had an interesting animation style, right? Am I thinking, yeah. is that the one I'm thinking of? That is the one you're thinking of. Yeah. And it, it has this weird, like, almost final fantasy aesthetic where, where some stuff is modern, but some stuff is not. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a medieval society, but like in the future <laughs> with flying cars and TVs and stuff, the comic book was the same way. The comic book's very cute. If you get a chance to read it and yeah, Nimona, like in the comics straight up murders people. Like she kills a lot of people in that. And my daughter who also read the comic was kind of complaining that she wasn't like that. And I'm like, you know, if she was at, if we actually animated her tearing people apart, like it, it wouldn't that, play the same. That's how you get to the R rating kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wouldn't play the same. Even if it was off camera, people screaming, you know, gurgling their blood. Like, it, you know, when, when you write down the, you know, on the page, that doesn't play quite the same as, you know, hearing somebody do that with, you know, the, the, the sound guy in the background, like breaking celery, you know, like it's just, it's just, it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be good. I watched Bullet Train, the, uh, Brad Pitt movie. Mm. And it was fun. I know nothing about that movie. I don't need, I, I, this, I'm a victim of my, you know, no longer be, no longer being culturally whatever, you know, I, I literally have never heard of this movie. <laughs> you, you, you know what it felt like? Hmm. Uh, what was the, what was the movie with, um, oh damn, what the hell is his name? Uh, say anything. Uh, what, what's the kid's name? Cusack? Uh, Cusack. John Cusack. John Cusack. He ain't what's a kid. The- he, 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 that dude is not a kid, man. Yeah, I know what you mean, but uh, we we just he watched was a kid in that movie. He was a kid in that movie. Oh, okay. He was a kid in that movie. Okay, fine. Gross Point Blank. That's the that's the movie I'm thinking of, where he plays the hitman, and you know he's talking uh, to to the lady on the phone, and she's almost like his therapist. I haven't seen that one either, to be honest with you. Oh my god, you haven't seen Gross Point Blank? No. Robert. What? It's good. You'll like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's been anyway, a- it's like a modern Gross Point Blank. Like it's got that same kind of sense of humor where it's, it's taking something that should be like a very 
strict action movie that everybody's very serious in. And instead, it just kind of makes it into something goofy and fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously in all the right ways. All right. So we got the crunchy rolls uh, for the summer. And uh, so I finally watched the real science adventure uh, anime I've been wanting to watch forever called Occultic Nine. And uh, not as good. Crunchy roll recently. I want to I, I might have to watch this thing that you're talking about. You need to watch Steins Gate. That's yes, I do want to watch that because I, I got that I got my buddy to watch it. And he's like, I don't know if I like this movie or the show. Like everybody's kind of blonde. I'm like, no, 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 man. Every character has hidden depths. You just got to keep going. It's it's bizarre. <laughs> like every character is a bad anime stereotype at the beginning. And as the series goes on, you like learn about their many layers as, as it goes on. And it's very fascinating. It's quite good. And Robotics Notes wasn't bad either. I, I, I like that one, although it's not as good as Stein, Steins Gate is time travel nonsense and it's like got one of the best time travel things I've ever seen. Like the way they wrap everything up is like chef's kiss. It's like perfect. Remind me, uh, at some point when it's not recording day and I will, um, I will go and start that. Okay. Uh, occultic nine is, is different. I, I don't think it's quite as good. It has a hell of a twist come episode three. Like I did not see that one coming and, uh, yeah, but it was, it was fun. It's about a, a, a high schooler who runs a blog about occult nonsense and he's trying to monetize it and accidentally finds himself in the middle of a crazy conspiracy about, you know, life and death and, and all this crazy stuff. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's an interesting show. It's kind of hard to explain. And uh, tell you what, I'm going to run myself out because these were both Crunchyroll things. Uh, the other thing I started watching purely because I was on the uh, Trinity Anima Discord and I asked it, what's good for Crunchyroll. Somebody rec- recommended to me, and this is the full title. It's called uh, Bofiri. I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max out my defense. That is, <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is the full title. It is about uh, a girl who whose friend, who's like a, a total gamer girl, talks her into buying a uh, kind of a wow like game, but you put on like your virtual headset and the gloves and you like beam into the game, you know? So most of the anime is inside the MMO and it's them playing the MMO, but because it's all virtual reality, you know, it's like them walking around this MMO and having conversations in it. And it's quite charming because, you know, having played some world of Warcraft in my day, uh, you? you know, yeah, they, uh, there's a lot of stuff about MMOs. Like there's a lot of MMO gags in it and just stuff that unless you played a lot of MMOs, it's just not funny. And, uh, I can appreciate it on that level. You know, it's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, like, you know, getting guilds and your guild small and it causes problems during stuff. And it's like, yeah, it does cause, but I, I, I've been there, I've been there and I've done that. And, uh, yeah. And then the, uh, the main character, uh, whose name is Maple. Uh, or her in-game name is Maple. Uh, She just has the weirdest luck. Like she just lucks her. She's that player that just finds all the rare stuff, you know? And, And it's not like she's particularly good. It's just, she's very, very lucky. And, you know, and all she does is max out her defense. So she's very, very hard to hurt. And that's kind of the gimmick of the show. And it's very, it's very cute. And it's a fun, it's a fun romp as my buddy put it. You know, it's just, it's good times. I had a buddy back in the Diablo days that was annoying that way, where it's like he just always got the good loot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always got the most legendaries to the point where it's like you're 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 sitting there and just like what what am I doing wrong? Why does this game loathe me? Yeah, you know, and he says something casually. You know, it's like, oh, have you tried out this piece of gear? You're a hunter, right? And it's like, no, that's like super rare. Like, and he's like, oh yeah, I got one on my other character. 
<laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what it is. That you have nailed it. <laughs> On my alt, I play there, occasionally. <laughs> if you're out there, Steve. I'm still, I'm still hurting. I'm still hurting. That that one still smarts. All right, finish up your movies. Uh, I watched a, a, another Netflix movie, uh, Spectral. That's the one where um, the army starts fighting weird ghosty things. Yeah. Not to be full ghosty things. I heard that was okay. I heard it was... That movie was surprisingly competent with some really genuinely decent special effects. Hmm. To the point where when I got to the end of it, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that the writer was with it, but damn, like... Production quality off the charts here. Yeah, the movie surprisingly came together. Surprisingly came together. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. It's been on my list for a while. I just haven't gotten around to it. It's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. I I won't call it good, but it is worth a watch. Okay. I like movies that are good, but are are, 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 are worth a watch, but aren't good. I like that. I know you do. I know it's, it's one of the many reasons I love you. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move this along because we got a lot. We got a lot more to go. Uh, All read right, it. let's move into reading. Yep, you you I first. read some things. You read some things. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I finished Deadbeat, which was the uh, uh, what the hell is he called? Book. It's a book, Jonathan. No, I know, I know, I know. But what the hell is the the series called? Um, novel. It's a novel. I'm gonna punch <laughs> you through the through the phone. I'm gonna punch <laughs> you through the phone. Okay. Um, PDF? Is it on PDF? <laughs> God damn it. What the hell is his name? Dresden, for <laughs> sake. Uh, yeah, uh, which was the, the Dresden novel because I've been slowly working my way through those again. And um, yeah, it's uh, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. It came out on Max, and I wanted to read the comic book version of it first. So I borrowed from the library Batman... The Doom That Came to Gotham. Imagine somebody takes, you know, some H.P. Lovecrafts and just jams that into Gotham City Batman stuff. And that's 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 what you get. That's what you get. Like, uh, for example, Poison Ivy is a, you know, magically summoned monster from the Cthulhu's and whatnot. Like, it's it's straight up Cthulhu stuff. It's really really weird. <laughs> um, I liked it. It was real dark. And because it was like an elseworld story, like everybody dies, which is, you know, it's kind of nice. Cause you know, when you read comics, it's like, you know, Dick Grayson ain't dying. Like, you know, there's no way that just yeah. isn't going to happen. But nah, nah. And this, this, a lot of the bat family dies kind of horrifically, you know, torn apart by cult cultists and monsters and stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of, yeah. So it was worth it on that regard. If you like your Lovecraft and your Batman and, you know, you want that Reese's peanut butter cup, like, go for it. it, it you will not be disappointed. I read Heat 2, which is by Michael Mann, who, of course, made the original Heat movie. That book is amazing, especially if you're a fan of the movie. I feel like we it, talked about this before because this is when I mentioned I've actually never seen Heat. And then you yelled at me. I, I th- well, we talked about the, the fact that the book was coming out. Oh, OK. You don't think it was out yet? OK, cool, cool, cool. And if it was, I'd, I'd picked up my copy, but I certainly hadn't started reading it. Mm. So, um, good, worth a read? First of all, yeah, why haven't you watched Heat? For God's <laughs> sakes, Robert. Like, that We're, is legitimately we, one of the best movies of the na- late 90s. I would put that in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. S- several months ago, called Jonathan. They would like to talk to you about your jokes and stuff. 
I'm like we've been there, done that. Move on, move on. Was the book good? <laughs> the book was amazing. The book is is everything that you would want it to be. It explores all the characters because it's both a prequel and a sequel to the movie. And and it goes in deep to these characters. Like you get to know them better than than you would ever get a chance to in a in a movie. It was amazing. I really legitimately enjoyed it. I think it was, it was extremely well written. So did he actually write it, or did he get a ghostwriter to do it? No, no, he he wrote it, and he had a co-writer. Um, okay, so he had a name. He had a ghostwriter. Okay, got it. <laughs> well, I mean, he's written all of his own scripts, so it's not like he doesn't know how to write. Just because you can write a script doesn't mean you know how to write a book. I'm. That's true. That's true. Maybe he had more uh, to do with it, but they're 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 trying to make it into a, a movie now. Well, that's good. With uh, Adam Driver, apparently, which will be in, that's a that's a really good choice, actually. Co-authored the book with award-winning crime author Meg Gardner. I was really impressed. I was really impressed. I hesitated because I didn't want them to screw up what I thought was a perfect film, and they didn't. They made it better. And that's amazing. All right. So uh, not for free RPG day, but just because I wanted it. Uh, I went and picked up the Pendragon starter set from my local friendly neighborhood game store because I've always been Pendragon curious. But last time I read Pendragon, I got to the section of the book where they said, you know, in this game about watery tarts that lob scimitars at people and form a basis of government that women can't be knights and that that's against the rules. And I'm like the 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 f and i kind of bounced right off the game but for this new edition they're like you know this is a game about you know watery maidens that lob swords at people to form a basis of government like why are we going to say that out loud like who cares and so they're apparently going to cut that whole part out and i'm like thank god so i'm i'm much more into it the uh the starter set is very cute uh the first book that you read has a little choose your own adventure where they 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 you know, teach you the systems of the game. You know, you get to this part and it's like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And, and, or it's like, they get to a part. It's like, you're fighting something to fight in this game. You know, you roll D 20 and this is what you do. And you're trying to get blow this and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, it like all starter sets should do that. They should have a little choose your own adventure thing that actually teaches you the mechanics of the game, because that would help you learn the stupid game. Am I right? Or am I right? No, you're right. And uh, it's got enough for a few sessions. It's set right after Arthur pulled the sword from the stone. So it's, it's your night of, of the early round table, uh, what they call the, the boy king era where, you know, you're kind of protecting Arthur's interests because people haven't exactly accepted the boy king yet. Uh, it's interesting. And uh, yeah, no, overall I, I, I'm enjoying it. And the best part, Jonathan, the best part, like they, they threw something in the game that almost seems designed to get those uh, those gamer chuds like mad, you know, because okay, so in in fantasy gaming, what's one of the top things, especially if you're playing a historical world, what's one of the top things somebody would want to play? Like the top top things. One of the top things. See if you get it. It's like it, classes it, or what? No, just just if you're in a historical setting or even a pseudo historical setting, you know, we're talking like fourth, fifth, sixth century. What would be a thing gamers might want to play from that era? It has ties to things you I already know you like. Oh, what? Like you named your dog. Yeah, like uh freaking what do you call it? Uh samurai? Like No. Japan? No. No, this is Arthurian legend. What's near England? Jerk. I'm not following you, man. I'm sorry. All right. 
Jonathan, what's across the sea to the east of Ireland? Wait, to, you said to the east. France? Spain? No, that's to the south, dingus. Portugal? <laughs> south. What's to the east? What's across the waters to the east? I said France. No, that's across the waters to the south. You go south from Dover, you dig it. I'm talking about Scandinavia. <laughs> Vikings. Oh, okay. Vikings. Vikings, mofo. Right. Yeah, God. God, you're thick. All right. I'm so, tired. So they threw in a character that, you know, it, like the religion is listed as, you know, Woden. And, you know, they're a goddamn Viking, but it's a lady. And it's like, and, and they don't tell you how to make characters and that. So, you know, they're telling all those gamer chuds that if you want to play a Viking in this, you got to play a lady. And it's like, hmm. Oh, that's so good. I, I, I don't know if that's like an intended dig, but it was still sweet nonetheless. And and one of the characters is Swarthy. He's from Constantinople and he's up in, in England now. And, you know, it's like, yeah, nice, nice, you know, because you know what? People like, I don't know, traveled in the medieval era. They honestly did. It was not uncommon to see people of other ethnicities, even up in England, just deal with it. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I wouldn't I, have realized that that would have been such a trigger point for people. But oh, do, do you don't remember Kingdom Come Deliverance? And oh, no, no. I, I totally acknowledge that that's the way it is. Absolutely. I'm just saying, like, who would have ever thought that that was the thing? Because because of movies. <laughs> because people think castles are gray and made out of rocks. And it's like, no, almost everything back in the day was whitewashed and would have had just bright white walls like freaking Excalibur in Las Vegas, man. And And nobody wants to deal with that. But I digress. Anyway. Yes, very good. I I I'm of two minds on the topic because they the the Pendragon game has this like epic campaign where you you play from like Uther's reign through like at least three or four generations of your noble house to the, you know, death of Arthur and beyond and you know Mordred and stuff. And I'm like that sounds really really something I'd love to do, but like best case scenario they say that game takes 2 years to finish and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know if I have that kind of time in my old age." But I want it. I want it, Jonathan. Wouldn't it be rad making up a character who's hanging around with Uther, Uther Pendragon, and then he dies, and then this like little this little jerk scrawny kid like pulls a sword out of a out of a magic anvil, and and you know now is the king, and you got to like deal with that. I mean, I'd I'd, I'd play it with you. Uh huh. No uh-huh. Sounds fun, doesn't it? Well, last thing I've been reading lately is Convergence, which is book two in that new series by the guy that wrote Expeditionary Force. Craig Allenson. Um, so far, so good. Very, very, very short into it. I'm only like two or three chapters in. That leaves us with video games, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yours is a, yours is a list of originals. No. Or, I'm not originals. A list of uh, familiar names. Yeah, yeah. The only new thing I got, well, new to the PlayStation, is uh, they had Civ Six on sale on the PlayStation. And I'm like, I'll buy that game again. I put a bunch of time into it. So I played... Five games of Civ Six in the meantime. I love Civ Six. Yeah, it's a good game. And, you know, I've been playing a little Destiny 2, although I've mostly fallen off that wagon by now. And I've been playing City Skylines again. Same old, same old. What have you been playing? Um, I've been playing a lot of stuff. Um, all right, so Amelia has started to show an interest in video games. So we went and got her her own, very own purple controller for the PlayStation 5. And she and I have been playing through the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, and she's also way, way into Sackboy's Adventure. Nice. She also likes uh, Crash Team Racing. We play a lot of Crash Team Racing. It's a good game. It's a good game. Uh, And then Lincoln um, has uh, just dove deep 
into the fighting game uh, well with me uh, where I live. And we have played, oh my gosh, so many games. Um, Street Fighter VI, which is freaking awesome. So good. Soul Calibur VI, Tekken Seven. Uh, we've been playing a lot of the older Capcom um, fighting games because we have the uh, fighting game collection, which has a bunch of the Darkstalkers games on it and stuff like that. Mm, Darkstalkers. And then mm, that's good. that led us to playing um, side-scrolling beat-em-ups. So we played through uh, Final Fight, and we played through the entire Streets of Rage collection, one, two, and three. Uh, we haven't done four yet, but he'll be back this week, so we're probably going to do four this week. And then um, he and I busted out our, um, our, our Sega Genesis, and we actually played on cartridge. We played uh, Dinosaurs for Hire and Gunstar Heroes, and a bunch of like '90s Formula One games that we have the cartridges for. Dinosaurs for Hire is this weird game in my own personal history. It was like the only video game my dad ever bought me, so I, I have a copy of it lying around. And uh, yeah, we played it together and we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I read the first line of it from Wikipedia, and I'm like, oh my god. Speaking of the 90s, hello, 90s. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. No, it's super 90s. It's super 90s. Dinosaurs for Hire is a platform shoot-em-up game. It features three playable dinosaur mercenaries from the comics. Archie, a T-Rex, Lorenzo, a Triceratops, and Reese, a Stegosaurus. And I'm like, dinosaur mercenaries. Yeah. And then the picture on the cover is just, you know, (laughs) a T-Rex. A naked, a naked T-Rex. Because they build guns, these, these dinosaurs. But they don't build clothes. Well, but but they do build clothes because one of them's addicted to Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> oh, the nineties. Oh man, what were we? What were we on? Release date October nineteen ninety three. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Lots of lots of video gaming happening here. Lots of video gaming happening here. Nice. Which nice. is all coming to a close because the kids are going back to school. Aren't they back to school yet? No, they start this week on Wednesday. Uh, oh, my kids don't start until uh, the first Monday of next month. No, Tuesday. Tuesday, after Labor Day. Labor Day, Memorial yeah, Day? Yeah, but your kids also started summer break a lot later than mine. That's true. Yeah, the 5th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Did I tell you they're going away? They're going away. Yes. Yes, you did. We're going to have the house to ourselves. What's it like to be an adult without children? I am not going to know what that feels like for another 14 years. Yeah, but you got family. They take care of them. You, you can get out at least. Do they, though? Do they? It's fair. It's fair. Let's, let's move over to our, our final segment of this fine, fine episode. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our off-the-shelf segment, which means it is time in this truncated mini uh, minisode just to let us know, or just to let us let you know that we love you and we are not gone and we will be back in full form soon. It is time for our King in All Things segment. That is, of course, part 28 in our 44-part series, A King in All Things, where we are watching all of the Stephen King movies based on novels and novellas in order of release date, along with the occasional extra. In this part, we are in uh, the 26th film of the series, 2007's The Mist. I think this is going to be the most divisive movie we've had on this one. Potentially. Potentially. I hated this film. 
with a. You don't want to do the budget and all that stuff. Oh, sorry, sorry. You're right. There's you're right. a script. We have There's a script. This that's is true. Not a, I'm I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Where are you? <laughs> made for Where a budget of eighteen million dollars, it made fifty-seven point three million dollars and was written and directed by our good friend Frank Darabont. Anyway, going back, I hated this movie. Oh my god. Oh my god, I've had not had such a visceral reaction to a movie in a while. In a while. What what did you hate about it? Because we have to remember that 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 you you can't apply reality to a Stephen King. That's movie. not that's not why I hated it. Um okay, okay. Well first off, first off, let's let's go over the plot. Uh it's based off of a short story, which um I'll probably end up telling the story again about my buddy Robert and the finger guns because I, I can't leave well enough alone. But um it's Basically, small town kind of out in Maine, because of course it is. This mist rolls in while this guy and his son are at a supermarket, and there's things, critters, monsters, awfulness in the mist. And uh, yeah, and then, you know, like, what are the real monsters? Is it the monsters outside, or is it the monsters inside the grocery store? Because some people get really, um, what was the cult guy that drank the Kool-Aid? I can't remember can't remember his name they make a direct reference to it in the movie jonestown yeah the jonestown massacre anyway yeah oh man okay so what i hate about this movie i felt that at a point they spell out their central thesis of the movie and it's a thesis i do not agree with and i do not think is true because i've had it proven to me over and over again that it's not that people put in a situation where they don't know what the hell is going on Uh, they'll start turning on each other because human beings are the worst. And frankly, that's what the movie's about because there's a a lady, I forget her name inside the the grocery store with them that goes Marsha, Marsha Gay Harden one, right? Yeah. 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 And just goes the actress's name, I think. Right. I I don't remember. Um, But she, she goes full like cult cult leader. Like, you know, this is God's will and, and gets people to turn on each other and, I don't agree with that thesis. And I also like the movie got really predictable because it's like, Oh, are they spending time letting you get to know any character other than, uh, you know, Thomas Jane, the Punisher? Uh, well, they're about to die. And, and, and that's how it happened every time. And it was like, but here's the thing, man. I, I, I don't think that, I don't think this movie was meant to be realistic. I, I took it more as a send up, of the time period that it was made in, which was George H.W. Bush time. And I think that what it was, was being a, a, a sarcastic take on what was happening in, in life at the time. And in fact, if anything, much like Starship Troopers, it just kind of hits a little different now because it, it, it's more the same. It's just much louder now. I, I don't think it was meant to be a realistic a- a analysis. I, I think that, yes, they spend time with the characters just so that we we get an anchor in that the, the horror works. But I really do think it was more of a uh, uh, an elbow to the gut of, of uh, the, the time period. Like the movie itself is so grounded and gritty because people die really horrifically a lot. And like the violence in it isn't like over the top. It's very it's very like. You know, people get stung by things and, and it kills them via anaphylactic shock and blah, blah, blah. M- Mrs. Cam, Cam, Karn, Carmoody, Mrs. Carmoody. That's the religion. Yeah. Marisha Gray Harden. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I felt the movie was just like cruel. Like it was needlessly mean. 
And I just really, I disagreed with the thesis that that's what humans would, that's what people would become in the span of three days. You know, they would devolve into this, you know, cult-like hysteria. And I didn't, I didn't buy that. And yeah, I, I, I would disagree that that was a thesis. I think that's where, where I, I they, start to, they say it out loud. They say it out loud. Yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to spend time again, in the I script it's, saying it's, something out loud, that's, that's what you're trying to get across. And they, they don't disprove it. Like they don't do anything I, I to say that's a sarcastic allegory of the time though. I really do. I think this is one of those movies where you, you have to take the time period that it was made into account because it is actively sarcastically, pointing a finger at at the public at the time and saying look at the way you're behaving this is a ridiculous version of that i don't know man i didn't i it, it didn't come off that way to me i don't know maybe that's, it's because that's the way i read it and maybe maybe that's maybe that's the thing right maybe you and i just well it's, caught on to different aspects of it well and given i didn't watch it in the time i watched it now like I've never, I oh, never see, saw that's it. the thing. I watched it in the theaters at the time. And maybe that's, maybe that's why I, I, I have that association. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, Robert. That's a really good point. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. I, I just thought it was mean. Like it, it felt mean and, and I didn't like how mean it felt like, I don't know. It just, it was very mean and very cynical. And I would have expected that more out of the nineties than the, the late two thousands. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I was more idealistic or oblivious when I was 28. I had just gotten married, so who knows? But I mean, I can see where you're coming from. I really can, and I, I think that I didn't realize that you had not watched it back then. <laughs> yeah, no, I missed it. I think that's where you and I are, are deviating, is because I very distinctly remember it in time period, and I think that's a really important thing to, to for this movie. Interesting. Because I think it, I think it's over the top on on purpose. I think it's it's part of the sarcastic analysis of of the politics of the time. Hmm. And oh my god, that's still the most effed up ending ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was that ending hits, man. That ending hits. It hits hard. And you know, and, and this is this is one of the reasons I felt the movie was cruel. You know, like they make Thomas Jane go through that. You know, and they make his character do what he does, which is murder everybody and then run out of bullets and then step out in the mist to sorry, I'm about to spoil the ending, but it's it's an old movie. It's your fault. And he steps out of the mist trying to have something kill him. And then the army comes and they're beating back the mist and killing everything with flamethrowers. And but but this is did, did you catch so this truck drives by or school bus or something? Did you catch who was on that school bus? Yes. Um, Early in the movie, I- this lady runs out. And she's like, I got to go get my kids. And she runs out into the mist. And at the end of the movie, she's there with her kids. And that's what he sees. She, yep. she made it. And he, he murdered his, his family and people that he grew to like over this ordeal. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it just felt so mean to me. Like, so mean. Like, that wasn't like a, a oh, it's a what a twist. It was just for me. It was just like, that's just mean. Like, I don't know. And that's, that's how I felt. Everything was just mean. It's like, Oh, let's get to know this character so we can kill them to be mean. And you could watch them die horrifically, pretty graphically. And it's like, ugh. I, it, it, to me, it, it felt more like it felt like Darabont was just really frustrated with the times. And this was the way he worked through that kind of like, <laughs> honestly, like the, the one movie I'm reminded of more than any other, uh, where, where a writer is very obviously working through some things is, uh, Raiders or not Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. 
where he's literally ripping the heart out of the chest of the person that he dislikes. Like, wait, 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 wait. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were getting divorces and the villain of the piece tears out hearts. Yeah. Still beating hearts and then sets bodies on fire. Nah. It's a weird, weird thing. Weird thing. That doesn't sound like working out issues. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now here's where it's going to get weird, bud. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we are of two minds here. Where does it rate? Uh, honestly, if it were up to me, I would put it near Cujo because Cujo had the same vibe going for me of being just. Oh, man. No, I can't. I can't meet you there. Yeah. I can't meet you that, there. That's how bad I, I didn't like it. Like, I will admit it's better made than Cujo, so I'd rate it higher. But like in Cujo, they got it was pretty obvious they got an acting job out of that kid by tormenting him. And this movie just felt like needlessly, cruelly tormenting people. And that's where I would put it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it's to me, it kind of like sits in the same space as apt pupil, kind of halfway down the list. Hmm. I would put it as, at, at 15th, just uh, above apt pupil. I'd put it at 24th. <laughs> so 15 plus 24, divide that by 2 gives us 19 so somewhere around the it's dark it's a better half. film than christine though it's a better film than the dark half even i would like <sighs> agree with the plot or not at least it's a competently made movie which I, is why I, I rate it where it is i i don't disagree with that i like i i have a hard time with some of the jankiness of secret window and the definite jankiness of, of dark half and christine i am to, to willing i'm willing willing to let the cream rise to the top and I could, we could put it between Secret Window and Salem's Lot. Because Secret Window was cringy, but I kind of enjoyed it because of that. <laughs> it's fun cringy. Yeah. I'll, I'll meet you there. I can meet you there. I can meet you there. I just can't send it down that far. Yeah. Sending it down that far just seem, it like, it seems to, to me like you're saying it's incompetent, and it's not an incompetent film. I didn't say it was. I said it was cruel. <laughs> it was cruel. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So there you go, gang. The uh, the first uh, the first time we've really deviated in our opinions very heavily. Like I said, it it did my trigger thing. I really don't like the notion that humans are our our society is fragile and it's barely holding on. And if you break just any little bit of it, it'll come completely unglued. Because like I think after every natural disaster, most people helping each other out and stuff and hearing stories about that. Like for exa- example, in Maui. There's this lady whose house didn't burn down. And so she opened She has a big house, but she opened it up to way too much people. But she's like, you know what? There's eight families I know that don't have a roof right now. They, you know, we'll just all pack in here. And like that type of stuff, you know, like it, that happens all the time. And yeah, that's why I don't, I don't buy that stuff. What can I say? I'm an optimist at heart. I tried. All right. Well then that, that parks it, that parks it at number 17 on the list between number 16, secret window and number 18, Salem's lot 2004. And this is definitely the one where, where we would have had some deviation. Oh, Robert would have put it over by Cujo in the, in the mid twenties. I would have put it up by apt pupil about 15th, 16th, but definitely not. The highs of of the Shawshank Redemption, definitely not. All right, sir, we have to have a conversation now. So I already oh. I already kind of got my extra because I wanted to watch the Shining miniseries, and it was because I didn't know if we were going to be able to watch No Smoking because it was a little dodgy on what it was going to be on. So 
here is the 411. No Smoking is based off of uh, a short story called Quitters, Inc. that Stephen King wrote. Um, this is a Bollywood movie. Um, it is now on Amazon if you get a subscription to Eros Now, which has a seven-day free trial. <laughs> Sounds really complicated. Yeah, yeah. So the question is, do you want to start a seven-day free trial to watch Can a movie? Can I just rent the movie? Um, I don't know. I'm looking at it. I'm going to Prime Video now. I'm going to check. Yeah, last time I looked this up, it wasn't really available a lot of places. It was really weird. Well, my question is, I, I already kind of got my cake. Like, I, I I got the one the thing I decided I wanted more. I got that. I, I picked no smoking because it just seemed weird. And after we watched The Shining, I, I really, really wanted to watch that other version of The Shining. So I am okay with letting this one go, go and move on to what is probably going to be a show, uh, Dolan's Cadillac. <laughs> Uh, no smoking. No yeah, smoking. yeah. It's it, it's apparently on Google for. Wow, you can buy it for five dollars, or you can rent it for three. <laughs> it's not filling me with hope either. It's not filling me with hope. I mean, like, I have no problem watching a Bollywood movie because they're usually bananas in all the right ways. So, do you want do you want to go there? Because we don't have to. Like I said, I've I've already gotten my fill. This was my original optional extra, but I kind of I kind of want to watch The Shining instead. So. We do I not have rent it from Google before. All right, so you want to go? You want to go there? Is this is this it, Google Video? Yeah, it says Google Play. It's on Google Play or YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Let me. All right, you want to go there? You want to go there? Yeah, let's go. All right, all right, all right. So up next, I don't know if this is Bollywood or not. I know next to nothing about it. I just I was searching up lists of uh, of Stephen King movies, and this popped up, and I was like, all right. No Smoking is a 2007 Indian Hindi language thriller film written and directed by. I will practice that name later, so I won't screw it up next time. (laughs) Oh, wow. This actually has a Wikipedia article now. It didn't when I originally looked this up. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Dolan's Cadillac looks terrible. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I really, I really want, um, what's his name? Christian Slater. I hope, I'm hoping it's not a complete garbage fire. I'm really hoping it's not, but I, I don't have much hope. I really don't. I really, really don't. <laughs> Last time I checked, Dolan's Cadillac was like really hard to watch too. Like my, my library didn't have it. It wasn't streaming anywhere. Uh, like, cause nobody wants anything to do with it. It's pretty funny, but that, that's not here. We're watching no smoking. We're going there. All right. We're going there. We're going there. <laughs> Which, of course, means that we have hit the end of our mini-sode. That brings us to the end of episode 144 of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Once again, join us on all of our digital domains. We would love to hear from you. And before we end, one more time, thank you so much for your patience. This is a uh, definitely not a full-time gig, and it shows because sometimes real life comes in hard and messes it all up. We really appreciate that you guys hang, hung with us, and, and it's, it's so good to be back. I, I have missed this terribly, Robert. I've missed you terribly. Aw. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. So, any, Robert, any final thoughts? I had one, and now it's elusive. I, had to keep, I, I meant to keep it in my mind, but it's gone. Like a fart in the wind. It's okay. Keep it, uh, keep it for the next one. Keep it for the next one. Yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. In that case, there's only one thing to say, and that is to uh, be excellent to one another. And party on, Robert. Party on, Jonathan.
fart in the wind. I'm classy. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elithiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 